0: So um, I injured my I injured my knee back in August, and the doctor told me at the time that it would be a couple of weeks before I got better. And in d- December I said, well, you know, it still is not better. So how many weeks do I have to go uh, for this thing to get better? And she said, well, maybe you need some physical therapy. So for the last several weeks now, I've been getting physical therapy. And I don't know, just out of curiosity, how many people have ever been to a physical therapist? Okay, so there's a lot of you. Um, one, one of the things that surprised me, or I, I guess it didn't surprise me, but that surprises me every time I go is how many people are there. It, it, you, know, you don't realize how many people at any given moment, and this is just one of many physical therapy places, is, is dealing with some injury. So there's a lot of people who seem to be working on their legs Couple of people who are working on their arms, and I don't know what else they're they're doing, but I'm just judging from the exercises because the the therapist gives me a set of exercises. I do some there, but she gives me one of those sheets of paper with a hundred little exercises and do 30 reps of this and 79 reps of something else. So so I have to do those, and the truth is, um, I don't always do them. So uh, I, I know you know this is the unique thing about me. Everybody else always does their. They're, um, exercise when they're home, but sometimes, sometimes, you know, it's late and it's, yeah, I I don't want to spend 30 minutes, you know, working on all my different exercises or my leg already hurts and yeah, maybe this will eventually make it quit hurting, but I'm not going to do that right now because it's already hurting. Or maybe I just don't feel like it. Maybe, you know, I just want to sit on the couch or whatever it is. So, so sometimes I, I don't do the exercises. I, I, I do them as much as I remember and can, um, but sometimes I, I skip. And then this thing happens where I go to the, my next physical therapist appointment and I kind of fuzz up how much I did, right? So, you know, I talk about the ones I did and not about the ones I didn't do. So I, I, I kind of, and, and the, the reason is because because I want the physical therapist to help me, right? I want my knee to quit hurting, I, I mean, I really do want that, but at the same time, I want the physical therapist to approve of me right I want their approval and if i if i 'm a bad patient if i 'm somebody who isn 't doing the, the work then i 'm afraid that i won 't get the the approval I want, so I want help, but I also want approval and maybe you can relate to this. Some of you were chuckling, maybe you can relate to this in the area of physical therapy, maybe it 's something else. you can think of a coach or um you know maybe a parent uh, maybe a boss somebody who you want you want their help because this is a hard thing you're you're facing but at the same time you also want their approval so you find yourself kind of shading the truth to make you look a little better than you are and that defeats the the purpose of getting the the help you want and i was thinking about this today uh, or this week as i prepared my message because uh, we're going to look at the topic of prayer jesus in this whole section of uh luke's biography of jesus is is talking to people about prayer and today he's going to talk to people about um what kind of prayers god listens to and we're we're not really uh, particularly uh, concerned about that so long as he listens to ours because really we want our prayers to be answered you know i i'm not this is not an academic exercise i don't really care what kind of exer- what kind of prayers god listens to as long as he answers my prayers, so he's got to listen to my prayers. So, so um, that is that is the 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 topic that we can we can learn something about today. Um, there's there's a, a theological note that I feel you know. Part of me says stick to the text, and the other part of me says no, we got to go over this. So so part of it is this: God will, will will grant whatever prayer he wants. This is this goes way back. This goes all the way back to Exodus. God said flatly, "I will be kind to whomever I wish to be kind. I will have compassion to." whomever i wish to become compassionate there's nothing in heaven or on earth that can keep god from granting the prayers of those he wants to right so god is sovereign that that there's there's this kind of asterisk next to anything we else we talk about that god makes the decisions but But God has told us what kind of prayers he listens to, and he's told us what kind of prayers he answers. So so understand, I'm not saying that we can somehow make God do something he doesn't want to do. I'm simply saying that God has told us what he wants to do. And that's one thing that Jesus is doing in our lesson today, is he's giving us an example of the kinds of prayers that God does answer. So so that's the the kind of theological footnote. But um, he tells us about these two people who go up to the temple to pray. It says two people went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. We, we mentioned tax collectors next, last week. Um, they are, they are not the people that you would expect God to listen to. They, they are at best doing a nasty job that everybody wishes they wouldn't do. So that's at best. But more likely they're corrupt. They are uh, criminals who are who are part of who have voluntarily joined a, a crime syndicate called the Roman Empire, and so so that's a tax collector. Now, by contrast, the Pharisee he is he is a member of the religious elite. He's, he doesn't have a position at the temple. But he's 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 a member of a very exclusive club. In the first century, there were about six thousand Pharisees, according to contemporary accounts. It was a very exclusive club. There might only be a couple of them in your your town or your village. That there were the people who really put in the work. They they did the exercises on their little sheet um, that told them what they needed to do. So the the Pharisees they are the they're the Navy SEALs of first century Judaism. Okay, they they do the work. So. When Jesus says this, they went up to the temple to pray. You know, if we look at this through first century, um, uh, lens, we, we know who's going to have their prayer answered. The, the Pharisee, he, he is at the other end of the scale from the tax collectors. They couldn't find two people who are more distant from each other in terms of their, their, um, religious observance. So the Pharisee mentions that. The Pharisee, uh, Jesus tells us in this parable what the Pharisee says. He stood and prayed about himself with these words. God, I thank you that I'm not like everyone else. Um, crooks, evildoers, adulterers, even like this tax collector. Now, that may seem a little bit over the top, but there are some contemporary accounts from the Dead Sea Scrolls. This is not, um, it may not be common, but it's not an unheard of prayer. This is the kind of thing people would sometimes pray. And, um, you know, it's easy for us today to look at it and kind of criticize it. You know, he's not really setting a high bar, right? This is like saying, I'm a better person than Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, I'm a better person than Charles Manson, right? God, I thank you for making me so wonderful. Well, wonderful and better than them is not really the same. There's kind of a gap there. So, so he's, he's thanking God that he's not the worst. <laughs> okay, well, well, okay, good. You know, I guess you're not. And then he says, well, okay, fair enough, but, but I am meticulous about my observance. I observe Torah and then some. I fast twice a week, I give a tenth of everything I receive. So Torah only requires him to, um, to, to fast once a year. So there's only one fast. And um, there are some traditions that had been developed by this point that said there were actually several t- uh, fasts over the course of the year. But Torah itself only requires the one fast. Nothing requires twice a week. Um, and then he says, I give a tenth of everything I receive, not just the things that the law requires me to give um, a, a tithe of, but every single thing, every nickel that passes through my hands, I give a tenth of it. So he says, I go beyond what the law requires. Now, by contrast, the tax collector says, um, the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even uh, lift up his eyes to look for heaven. Most people in that era, you know, today we do this because we've learned from the, from the tax collector, and we're trying to do whatever it is he did, I want to do that, right? Right. But in the, in the first century, most people prayed standing up and looking up. So, so he is kind of a model for us. He doesn't even lift his eyes up toward heaven. He strikes his chest and says, God, show mercy to me, a sinner. So, he admits it. You know, the, the tax, I mean, the Pharisee, he pointed out how he's pretty good. He's a pretty good guy and uh, certainly does more than the law requires. And, um, uh, by contrast, this guy admits he's a sinner. And so we know who's going to get their prayer answered. We know whose prayer is going to be listened to. The ninja, the, the the Navy SEAL, right? He's going to get his prayer answered. But Jesus says no. Jesus says this person, the tax collector, went down to his home justified rather than the Pharisee. See, this is amazing. Jesus says he was justified. All the Pharisee wanted was a reduced sentence. He said, you know, can I get off with, you know, uh, you know maybe... Some, some community service or something like that. Can I, can I just have a lighter sentence than I deserve? And Jesus says, he's justified. He's acquitted. God says, okay, problem solved. He gets more than he asks for because that's what God does. So why, why does the Pharisee get nothing? Well, he got what he asked for. What did he ask for? Nothing. He got Everything he asked for. He went up to the temple to pray, and he said, "God, look how wonderful I am." And then he went home. He got every single thing he asked for, and then some. He got nothing. Now, there's another. I, I'm going to give you another little theological footnote. I said I said before that he did more than the law required. Well, that's impossible. You can't do more than the law requires. Um, uh, in in the the in the Hebrew scriptures that are then quoted by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he says this, um, this is from Leviticus, but Jesus quotes it. He says, what God wants is for us to be perfect, um, be complete, be finished. Um, therefore, as your heavenly Father is complete and perfect. That there's nothing more left to do. Well, how can you go beyond nothing more? Right? There's there's nothing more. How can you even go beyond that? So So it's like if I go to my physical therapist and I say, well... <laughs> I did everything on the sheet of paper, and I also sat on the couch, and I went to the kitchen, and I ate some things, Um, so I went beyond everything on your sheet, right? Do I get credit for sitting on the couch and, and, you know, watching videos? No, I don't get any credit for that. I'm not going beyond the law. The, The law, I mean, my physical therapist's law is to do everything on that sheet of paper, and if I say, well, I went beyond the law, well who cares right whatever it is i'm doing i'm not being complete i'm not being more than more than was asked for i'm doing something that doesn't count so so he says he says i've done more than the law required well there's nothing in the law that tells us god cares if you tithe on your dill or your mint or cumin. You know, that that if you give 10% of things that God didn't ask you to, well, it's not even sure, it's not even clear that that's what God wants. But more than that, God said he wants everything. He wants you to be completely finished. And, well, if you're a work in progress, then you're not exceeding God's law. So, so, what what does this teach us? If we if we try to kind of stand back and say, what is Jesus teaching us about prayer? What kind of prayers does Jesus listen? Does God listen to? What kind of prayers does God answer? Well, he it's pretty clear. God helps people who ask for help. So that's that's the first point in in um, the outline. God helps people who ask for help, and God gives us more than we ask for. That the um, that uh, God. God supplies our need and then some. So so that's the first point. But Luke doesn't stop there. Luke has just told us a story that's only found in Luke's biography. He's told us about the, the, the parable of the tax collector and the uh, Pharisee. But then he tells us, he kind of joins back up with the same uh, line of tradition that Mark recorded in, in his uh, biography. So now we're getting, from, from here forward, we get things that are in, in both Mark's biography and Luke's. So what does he say now? Um, he says people were bringing babies to Jesus so that he would he would bless them. And when the disciples saw this, they scolded them. Then uh, probably the parents, uh, not the children. Um, so then Jesus called to them and said, called them to him and said, allow the children to come to me. Don't forbid them because God's kingdom belongs to people like these children. So the disciples are thinking, look, these are, these are little toddlers. They, they have not reached the, the age of responsibility for their, you know, moral and ethical behavior. They're just kids. That they don't, they don't have to, to, to meet any requirements of the law. They, they can just kind of be kids. And eventually they will come to an age where they are asked to take on those responsibilities. And they will do that. But in the meantime, they don't need a rabbi. Right? They don't have any ethical or moral obligations why would you why would you have them go to a rabbi? and Jesus says, "Well, let's talk about the kingdom of god instead he says you know it would be interesting to know what Jesus said about that first question, but you know about do they need a rabbi, but what he talks about instead is he talks about the kingdom of god he says that these are examples that that nobody receives the kingdom of God better than a child that they are the ones we should look at as models. he says, I assure you sure that whoever doesn 't welcome god 's kingdom like a child will never enter it so I see a lot of kids next door there's a there 's a um, preschool that uses some of our facilities next door and so I see them during the course of the week and and basically what I can tell that they do is they eat snacks and then they play and then they take naps and <laughs> Honestly, it seems to me they are really living the life. But <laughs> but um but what's interesting is that they aren't making any decisions. The the teachers troop them around, you know, they singing this little Caminando song that they do, and the kids go wherever they're they're led and they, they play, they eat their snack, they take their nap, whatever it is. And you know, sometimes there's some meltdowns or there's a kid who's who's oppositional defiant or whatever it is he's doing. So so um but in general the, the thing you see with the kids next door is they are just trusting that, you know, my parents delivered me to this person, and this person is delivering me to snacks, so okay, I'm fine with that. And so the, the, obvious, the obvious thing that Jesus is saying is that's the way to look at the kingdom of God, is that God has things in store for you, and they're good things, and you can trust them. That's that's the that's the basic lesson there. He says, um, whoever doesn't receive a welcome God's kingdom like a child will never enter it. He says that's the way you do it. If God's leading you to snacks or to a nap, if God is leading you to His kingdom, that's the way to receive it, just like a kid. It's like, okay, I trust you. So that's that's the lesson there. Um, and so the second point is God helps uh, people who need help. Not because they've asked, but simply because this is what they need. This is the next thing, you know. This is the snack or the 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 nap or this is the next thing they need. They need the kingdom of God. God helps them. So, I'm going to do a third theological point here because this one actually affects our congregation. So, so there are uh, the the vast majority of theological topics Methodists and Presbyterians agree on completely, but there are a handful of places where we disagree. And since this church is a union church of Methodists and Presbyterians, I can't help but bring this up. So, who does God help? Does He help people who ask for help, or people who need help? This is this is the theological question that separates Methodists and Presbyterians. And as I read Luke's gospel here, I think the answer is yes. So, so um, he he is helping the he is not helping the Pharisee because the Pharisee didn't ask, but he is helping the kids, even though they didn't ask. So. So, who does God help? Well, God helps who he helps. In in um, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, don't worry and say, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? What are we going to um, drink? Your Heavenly Father knows you need them. He says, you don't have to worry about that stuff. God already knows this. But at the same time, if you ask, like the Pharisee, if you say, God, can I just get a reduced sentence? Then maybe God will surprise you with far more than you could have asked for. He gives you a complete acquittal. So, Ask, don't ask. God knows you need it. But if you do ask, then God can surprise you with something more than you asked for. So, what do we do with this? I mean, there's an application. But what else do we do with All right. So, uh, Luke begins this thing by telling us, by tipping tipping his hand, who is this parable told to? And he says, Jesus told this parable to certain people who convinced themselves they were righteous and who looked on everyone else with disgust. So that is the context in which we get this parable about prayer. And the, 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 thing, the reason I mentioned the, the physical therapy at the beginning is because I go there, and the room's full of people, and they're all getting different exercises, but I see some of them are doing the same exercises I'm doing. And I can look at somebody and say, boy, they're really pretty shaky. You know, they must not have been doing their exercises at home because when they do their little side straddle hop or whatever, you know, the butt kick is my favorite. Um, So so when they do these things, they're looking pretty shaky. They're not doing as good a job as me. Now, what's wrong with that analysis, right? I don't know what their injury was. I don't know how long they've been doing physical therapy, I don't even know where I am in the course of my my therapy, right? I go there, she gives me a new sheet of paper, and it's some new terrible thing that looks so easy and hurts so much. I don't even know where I am. I certainly don't know where they are. It's ridiculous for me to judge anybody else. And that's what Jesus is saying here. You don't know, right? The Pharisee has no idea what the story is for the tax collector. But there's two people in in these stories. In in the Pharisee in, in the in the parable, there's a Pharisee. But in the next story, as Luke as Luke uh, gives us this account, he talks about the parents. Now, how are they different? The Pharisee says, "I thank you that I'm not like this person, right? He's terrible." But how, what do the parents do? Did the parents go to God and say, "I thank you that I am not like this little creature, right?" They never tithe. They 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 don't give a tenth of anything they 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 don't fast twice a week what a terrible little believer this child is no they don't do that no why doesn't the parent do that why the the pharisee does why doesn't the parent because the parent loves the baby the baby or the toddler whatever it is the little child um, instead of instead of contrasting themselves instead of saying look how much better I am god than this person they bring The baby to, I keep saying baby, they bring the toddler, they bring the child to Jesus for a blessing. And that's an application for us. God helps people that we bring for help. Imagine, imagine if instead of the prayer he prayed, imagine if the Pharisee said this. He said, God, I don't actually have anything that I'm aware of that I'm, that I need right now. You have blessed me so much. I'm sitting pretty. But I'm looking over there, and that guy looks pretty troubled. I don't know his story, but he looks like he's really upset. So God, help him with whatever his problem is. Imagine if the Pharisee had brought the tax collector to God in prayer. If he'd said, God, help him with whatever he needs. I don't need to know. It's none of my business. But if there's any way I can help, Lord, guide me so that I can give him the help he needs. How much different would that prayer have been? That's what God calls us to do as the church. We can be the people who bring the, the 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 injured in our world. You know, I don't know how, you know, I've been using this physical therapy example. I don't know how the brokenness in creation has affected you. I don't know how it's affected the people across the street. I don't know how it's affected anybody. But I could be like the, the Pharisee and say, look, I don't know, God, how the brokenness in this world has affected them. But instead of judging them and saying, I'm better at my physical therapy than they are, I can say, God, they look like they're hurting. Can you do something for them? And maybe, God, if there's a role for me, guide me so that I can know what that role is. This is what the church is called to do. This is what it means to be a Christian. So that's the lesson. What kind of prayer does God listen to? Well, he listens to prayers when you need his help, and he listens to prayers when when you don't. God gives you what you ask for, and God gives you what you need. But God would love for you to be like the parents who brought the child to Jesus for a blessing. Bring the people in your lives, the people beyond your lives, to God for a blessing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, it's so easy for us to be like the Pharisee, to look at the people around us and say, they're not doing a very good job. Help us to realize how much of a head start you've given us, how much you protected us from in this world, so that we can be more humble. But God, don't let us stop there. Give us tender hearts so that we can actually intercede for people who need your help. Let this be what our church is known for. We pray it through Christ our Lord. Amen.